It's MLB opening day. Let's talk about the prospects that made opening day rosters, a record 13. Let's talk about the ones that didn't. And of the guys who are on opening day rosters, who is the favorite to win Rookie of the Year? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And like I said, ton, you know, opening day is here. We have tons of prospects who have broken camp with the big league team and are going to be playing in games today or tomorrow. So you obviously have to start off that list at the very top. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr., shortstop for the Royals. Uh, has made the opening day roster. Now, from all indications, he's not going to be playing shortstop to start the season. He's going to be playing third base. The plan right now for the Royals is Nicky Lopez at second, Alberto Mondesi at short, and Bobby Witt Jr. at third. You do lose a little bit of value by moving Bobby Witt to short versus third, but if you remember Dayton Moore's comments when we had a crossover with Ryland Stiles of Locked On Royals, you know, they aren't necessarily counting on Alberto Mondesi to be available the entire season and to be a key part of the club. And so expectations would be Bobby Witt Jr. is playing third if, or cynical people would say when, Alberto Mondesi gets hurt, you would see Bobby Witt shift over to short. I imagine you'd probably see Whit Merrifield come in from the outfield and play second base, and you'd then see Nicky Lopez at third, or maybe you'd see Hunter Dozier, something like that. So... Bobby Witt Jr. made the opening day roster. Um, you'll love to see it. Another guy you love to see on the opening day roster, Mariners outfielder Julio Rodriguez. It's funny. We had my fantasy draft on Sunday night, and news broke soon after that Julio Rodriguez had made the opening day roster, and the winning bid for him in FAB was just about 20% of FAB, trying to pick him up afterwards. So Julio Rodriguez going to be playing in the outfield. Um, I believe they're going to have him doing some center field. Uh, so it'll be, I mean, between Winker, between Hanniger, between Kalinick, between Rodriguez, uh, there's plenty of at-bats uh, there with the DH spot. Um, but you absolutely, I mean, Julio Rodriguez is going to get a chance to play. His offensive stuff should play well. He should have a chance to um, to provide meaningful at-bats for this team. And speaking of the Mariners, pitcher Matt Brash, one of the, you know, friend of the show, one of our favorites. Uh, Matt Brash has also made the opening day roster as a candidate to be fourth or fifth starter. Uh, It's going to be in that rotation. The question I have there is, depending on early performance, does he end up getting pushed back uh, to the minors when the rosters shrink from you know 28 back to 26. And I think that's going to be, I imagine he's probably going to stay up, but if he just completely falls on his face in his first couple starts, I can see them putting him back to AAA for some more work. So we'll see what happens there, but I feel good about um, him being there, him staying there. Tigers first baseman, Spencer Torkelson. So Tons of power. The Tigers, I think, are one of those sneaky good teams this year. I think that the the Tigers are going to do more uh, than people are expecting. I know that some of the uh, some of the odds 
Some of the projections for them don't have them doing that well. I think they're going to do well, and I think Torkelson's going to be a big part of that. Tons of power at first base. Uh, good defense can get good scoops. You've got a, you know, you've got he's going to be taking throws from a Javi Baez there when they're turning double plays. Um, he, you're going to need his defensive abilities, but I feel good about Spencer Torkelson and how he's going to do this season with the Tigers. And again, just tons of power. The dude can just rake. Uh, Philly shortstop Bryson Stott. So he has made the opening day roster. He's going to be playing third base. Uh, from what I understand, Didi Gregorius will be at short. Bryson Stott will be at third. That's another thing where you've got flexibility because he can play third, he can play short, he can play a little bit of second. So as you see guys um, either being effective or get hurt, or if they need to move around to adjust for the infield defense, we've heard so much about this team and how they have a ton of offensive guys and not a lot of defense. You may end up having to move Bryson Stott from third somewhere to get some better defense. But Bryson Stott has made the opening day roster for the Philadelphia Phillies. I imagine he's probably going to bat in the bottom third, uh, but he is on the opening day roster and has a good chance to stick. Um, The Reds. So the Reds have two pitchers that have made the opening day roster. One of them, no, like... Yes, but technically no. So Hunter Green has officially made the opening day roster. He is going to, I think he's getting the game three start against Atlanta. Maybe the game four start against Atlanta. Um, But he has made the roster. They're giving him every chance to stick as a starter. Again, I do think his stuff is absolutely phenomenal. He can, one of the hardest throwers in all of baseball. I think as a reliever, he would be an impact reliever and could just run it up there. Uh, max effort for an inning and close a game out for you, but they are giving him every chance to stick as a starter. So he has officially made the squad. Nick Lodolo uh, is traveling with the team. As I understand it, he's technically on the taxi squad, but the understanding is they are going to activate him for a start somewhere around game four, or game five. He's going to be like the last starter, you know, the last starter in the rotation. So Technically, he's not made the team, but in reality, he has. He won't be on the opening day roster, but he'll be on the roster soon after. And I think part of that is 40-man concerns. They have to adjust some stuff. They have to to figure some stuff out. Uh, Astros shortstop Jeremy Pena. So we've talked a lot about him on this show. Obviously, we had a whole, a whole episode with, with Locked On Astros where we covered him. He has made the opening day roster. All indications are that he's going to start the season as the starting shortstop for the Astros. Uh, so, you know, so he's he's going to be in there. You'll love to see that. Uh, Giants catcher Joey Bart, not his first experience to the major leagues. He played some in 2020 when Buster Posey opted out. Uh, didn't see a lot of time last year because Buster Posey was back, and I believe he won, like, comeback player of the year or something, but... Uh, Buster Posey is now retired. Joey Bart is the man in San Francisco when he has every opportunity to um, to solidify himself as one of the futures of the position, uh, one of the stars of the position, the young stars of the position, provided he can make it work. Uh, Angels pitcher Reed Detmer, Twins pitcher Joe Ryan. They both have made their rosters. Uh, I know that Detmer's is going to start. I believe Joe Ryan's role is still kind of a question. He may start. He may come long relief out of the bullpen. Uh, not sure if Ryan's going to stick when the rosters shrink. I feel like Reed Detmers probably is because the Astros just, I mean, the, the Angels just always need pitching. Um, athletics outfitter Christian Pache. 
Uh, a guy that was probably not going to make the roster in Atlanta was moved over in the Matt Olson trade. Uh, from what I've seen in spring training defensively, he's looked as good as advertised. I feel like with his uh, gold glove caliber defense, he's going to play really well in that large outfield that Oakland has. Uh, but he has made the roster. Look for him to bat towards the bottom, eighth or ninth. Uh, and and the question with him, as it always has been, is going to be offense. Is going to be what exactly um, can he do offensively? What exactly does his hit tool manifest as in the big leagues? So that's one of those good questions. And then um, Rays outfielder Josh Lowe. They actually, you actually saw uh, they they've traded Austin Meadows to make room for him. So he has made the opening day roster. He is seen as the center fielder of the future. And there's been discussion about Kevin Kiermeyer possibly moving him. He has a really large contract. What I imagine will happen is either at the deadline, um, Kevin Kiermeyer will get moved and Lowe will take over in center field, or you'll see a situation where at the end of the season, they'll let Kiermeyer walk, uh, maybe eat that last, the last bit of money if they have to, but... Um, Josh Lowe has made the opening day roster. They made a trade just to fit him on there. So I'm pretty confident that they trust him to be up for the rest of the time. Uh, that, you know, and they, they trust his bat and what he's doing. The questions here, as of the time I'm recording this, C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore. We don't have um, definitive word yet, but uh, the Padres AAA um, team actually has already opened their season. And neither Abrams nor Gore appeared in the game or were on the AAA roster. So all common assumptions are Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams are going to make the opening day roster. We actually saw C.J. Abrams playing some right field in a spring training game. I want to say that was Tuesday. Uh, and when they asked him after the game, it sounded like they had talked to him about having him up and playing multiple different positions just to keep him in the lineup. And he, Because he had a quote when he was asked and he said, if it's right field, if it's second base, if it's short, it doesn't matter to me. I just want to be up and compete with the team. And so so it sounds like they have talked to him about playing, you know, maybe maybe he'll end up taking over uh, shortstop. And then I think some of that work in the outfield was when Tatis is back. Do they move Abrams to an outfield spot, you know, to a, to a right field? Um, let his speed kind of play there. Do they move him to second base? What do they do with him in, in that situation? And not quite sure, but it obviously sounds like they have talked to him about um, playing other positions. In just a minute, I do want to cover guys that did not make the opening day roster. Uh, but first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one spot for all of your your props, your odds, your lines. This week, the big story starts today. Obviously, is the Masters. Um, you can go there. You can check out all the, you know, see who's favored to win the Masters, who's not favored to win the Masters. It's it's fun to watch. I love watching the Masters, but I love watching even more, knowing that like I can get a little bit of action on who I think's going to win and not win. Um, but um, bet on, you know. So go to the mobile website or go to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because bet online is where the game starts. So let's cover who did not make the roster. And this is something where, oh boy, I'm mad about this one. Pirate shortstop O'Neill Cruz was sent to AAA. Um, 
I believe he has actually been assigned to the Chris Bryant School of Defensive Seasoning. Um, he is he played some outfield late in spring training, uh, and some of the quotes awful quotes. I mean, they said like he has some more things he has to do um, to you know to to make the ball club and to sh- you know show his value to the organization. And I really think the thing that he has to do is get past the Super Two deadline. Um, this this feels like it's a textbook case of of service time manipulation. But either way, um, Pirates source up O'Neill Cruz will start off in the minors, and then he will he will very quickly, I imagine, get called up and be a guy who who plays at the major league level. Um, I can't imagine it takes very long for him to get there. Uh, Tigers outfielder Riley Green did not make the opening day roster. He would have, but for injury. I believe he fouled a ball off his foot. Uh, so he's 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 going to miss a little bit of time at the very beginning, but he will make the roster. Um, he will get called up somewhat sooner. I feel good about that. Uh, same thing with Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman. He had a tricep injury early in, in, in spring training. He's not ready to start the season. I feel confident, again, he would have made the roster if not for that. Some of the guys that we're not quite sure is Jose Miranda, third baseman for the Twins. I feel like they had kind of cleared the deck to uh, to have him up. I'm sorry, he's technically a shortstop, but I see him as a third baseman. Um, you know, when they traded Josh Donaldson and IKF to the Yankees, it felt like, okay, now's the spot for jo- Jose Miranda to come up and take a spot, and they signed Carlos Correa. Um, now, defensively, I don't think Miranda was going to stick it short. Um, but that's something where, you know, Gio Urshela, Jorge Polanco could have moved there. He would have taken one of their spots. Now that they've signed Correa, obviously he's the odd man out. He'll start at, you know, he'll start down in the minors. I feel like the first time either um, somebody stumbles or gets hurt, he's going to be up. And what he needs, I mean, you know, he he learned to strike the strike zone la- uh, the, the the strike zone last year, and so. His contact skills are working for his benefit versus against his benefit. I really feel like he's now a guy that is going to be good when he gets up. The question is, we got to find a spot for him. We have to give time for it to get there. Uh, Cardinal second baseman Nolan Gorman. I feel like another guy that got his footing at AAA last year, had an opportunity to make the team, um, You know, maybe win the DH role, something like that, and then Albert Pujols signed. And that kind of ruined that. So Pujols is is um, going to be the DH and play some first for the Cardinals. Um, and it's honestly, it's probably for the best because you've seen what Nolan Gorman does. He reaches a new level and then he struggles with strikeouts before he adjusts to the pitching and then he catches fire. So he's got great power and he's a guy who I feel like once he clicks and gets tuned into major league pitching, you're probably going to end up bumping Tommy Edmond to like a super utility role, and Gorman's going to be up and probably be your starting second baseman. Um, Royals catcher MJ Melendez. So the minor league home run leader last year, he is blocked by last year's major league home run leader uh, at the position in Salvador Perez. Now Melendez has played a little bit of third base. He's played a little bit of first base. I expect eventually what's going to happen... Um, 
is he's probably going to be the, the the backup at three positions. He'll catch some. He'll play third some. He'll play first some. But he'll be the primary DH. Uh, and then days when he catches, Perez will be the DH. Um, it's just one of those things where we have to get there. Uh, I expect him to be up somewhat soon. Same thing with Nick Prado. Uh, Nick Prado, first baseman for the Royals, is somebody who is probably going to be up um, unless Carlos Santana somehow just f- figures it out and c- turns back on. he Santana's owned a bunch of money, and so unless the Royals just want to absolutely eat that, they're probably going to give him every chance to um, to show that, you know, can he be the first baseman? And if he can't, then they'll call Prado up. Um, there's a word that they might give Prado some reps in right field uh, just so he has a little more versatility. First base, right field, he could play... You could have a game where you've got Bobby Witt at third, you've got Prado in right, you've got Melendez at first, and you've got um, you know your, your Perez is there at catcher. So uh, Prado, a guy who I see eventually coming up sometime soon. Uh, Tristan Cassis, first baseman for the Red Sox, another guy I was that makes sense that he didn't make the team out of camp, but an, again, another guy who you really want to see up there. Uh, he's kind of blocked. Bobby Dahlbeck is first, you know, is at first, and he's been he's been good enough. But the fact that they were looking at Freddie Freeman, that's one of those things where you feel like they're not necessarily satisfied where Bobby Dahlbeck is. They've had him take some reps at second base and in the outfield. Uh, you have JD Martinez kind of locked in as your DH, played some outfield as well. He's in the final year of his deal. So I can see something if the Red Sox are not in contention, which I'm not expecting that to happen. But if for some reason they're not in contention, I can see you um, them letting him go at the trade deadline, letting Martinez go at the trade deadline, bringing up Cassis, and you've got first base DH kind of covered there. And so uh, worst case scenario, he'll be up later. Once some injuries start setting in, you can move guys around. Um, Dahlbeck can maybe play the outfield. Uh, you've got DH. You'll find at-bats for him, but he may be a guy who's up a little bit later in the season. Um, Pitcher Shane Boz would have, I imagine, would have been up if not for the elbow injury. Obviously, he started playoff games for the Rays last year. They believe in him. They feel that he is an MLB-ready player. He just had a small procedure in his elbow. So I imagine that he's going to be up sometime soon. Uh, But Grayson Rodriguez, I don't necessarily... um, this one feels to me like it's another service time situation. I mean, he's looked great last year in the minors. 9-1, 2-3-6 ERA, .83 whip through 100 innings with 27 walks and 161 strikeouts. I don't necessarily know what he needs to prove. And he's in a situation where if he goes on a hot streak, how do you even tell the hot streak? Uh, you know, how do you tell that's different from his regular production? I mean, he's just... Fantastic. I feel like Grayson Rodriguez is by far, is obviously ready, um, but I imagine this is going to be a situation where they're going to wait just long enough to call him up, and they'll probably explain that they, they, they don't want to throw him too many innings. He only threw 103 innings last year, so if we call him up early, he's going to significantly increase his workload, and we need to wait until early June or something to bring him up so he can do that. In just a minute, I do want to kind of talk about some of the guys who who are the candidates for Rookie of the Year and kind of break down some of this stuff now that we uh, know who's on the rosters. 
But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. There are so many makes and models of cars out there that it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to have everything in stock. So why deal with all of the questions there at the counter just for them to order it and mail it to you anyway when you can go to rockauto.com. You can save time and you can can save money. You go to their website um, and they have everything you need for your vehicle. You put in the year, the make, the model, and they show you every single part, whether it's, um, I mean, I've bought touch-up paint for them. Um, I mean, it's fuel pump, uh, tail lamps, motor oil, every single thing you need for your car, they have right there broken down. Because they're a family business that's been serving DIYers for over 20 years. If you're doing your car maintenance stuff at home, they know what you need because they do this. Um, You can explore the website, uh, figure out whatever your need is. They have a solution for it. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Rookie of the year. One of my favorite races to track all season. So I, I, I feel like it's a lot better to track this than when you're tracking Cy Young and MVP and stuff. This is the one that's fun to track for me. So American League, you've got four guys uh, with odds of like that are better than plus 1,400. Um, and in that plus 1,400 group, you've got Shane Boss, you've got Jeremy Pena, you've got Riley Green. And then once you go past that, you get some of the guys like a like a Joe Ryan, like a Reed Detmers. Everybody else is plus 2,000 or better or worse. But that top four, plus 750, Adley Rutschman. These are all odds from betonline.net. Um, obviously, we love BetOnline. You can go check that out. You can go put, put something down uh, before games start today on who you think is going to be the rookie of the year. But... Plus 750 for Adley Rutschman. And that's one I see as a longer shot simply because of the impact that rookie catchers have. I feel like a lot of rookie catchers struggle because there's so much on your plate when it comes to managing a big league staff, scouting reports on professional hitters, uh, and then trying to adjust to to the, the, the offense. And in their case, adjusting to the offense and the pitching of the American League East, you know, with the Rays, uh, Toronto is going to be a juggernaut. You've got the Yankees, you've got the Red Sox. So Adley Rutschman, not necessarily my guess or my pick, but a guy who's in that top four for American League uh, Rookie of the Year. Spencer Torkelson's at plus five hundred. I think if his power manifests the way that you think it is, uh, there's enough protection in that lineup for him to get consistent at bats for him to to be able to, to, to face hittable pitching, uh, and he has a chance at that. Uh, playing, playing first, I think, is probably going to ding him a little bit because it's seen as a not-premium defensive position. So even if he's good defensively, it's not necessarily going to be seen as rookie of the year worthy because you don't get the flashy plays on defense at first. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, plus 350. I feel like this is... I wish there was a little more value with Julio Rodriguez, but knowing that he's up and he's up to start the season, um, I feel like part of the reason this is plus 350 and not a little better, like a plus 275 or something, is because you saw Kalinic come up and struggle last year. And so subconsciously, a little bit of that is baked into these odds. But plus 350 for Julio Rodriguez, your favorite in the American League, and I'm sure you could guess what was going to happen here. 
Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby Witt Jr. is the favorite in the American League, plus 275. He's my personal pick. I think he's going to do it. Um, But all of these lines available at betonline.net under baseball and player futures. Uh, Looking at the National League, little more wide open. You've got five guys that are that are uh, plus one thousand or better, and then plus two thousand or better. You've got an additional four. So, um, starting there, plus eighteen hundred, Matt Veerling. Um, not necessarily sure he's going to have the uh, the impact that you think, but he's on the board. Uh, plus sixteen hundred, Edward Cabrera, Sixto Sanchez, and then plus fourteen hundred, Bryson Stott. Uh, Again, Stott's in a good offensive situation. He's going to have plenty of protection in that lineup. Uh, if he can play adequate defense, it's going to look better because of how bad this team is projected to be defensively. But absolutely a guy who can make it happen. Hunter Green plus 900 is a really interesting one to me because this feels like it's a bet on him starting and being effective all year. Um, I'm still not 100% sold on, on him being the starter. Uh, and, and, and making it work, but this is obviously a, he's the flashiest of the pitching prospects there in the National League. Uh, catcher Joey Bart, plus 700. Uh, this feels like we have a lot of Giants fans who who bet on this one, just kind of given the struggles you saw from him when he was up last. Uh, this, this feels optimistic to me to be plus 700. I feel like the proper value here is probably plus 900 or a little better or a little worse than that, but it's fine. C.J. Abrams at plus 500, I think, is is good value. Um, he hasn't had a lot of at-bats in high-level baseball, but he's got tons of talent. Uh, he's got hustle. He's got ridiculous speed. And you've seen the Padres be successful with this before, bringing up Tatis uh, and him playing as well as he did in his, in his rookie year. So C.J. Abrams plus 500. And then your favorites. Interesting. you got Seiya Suzuki. Uh, who is technically a rookie, even though he has been a professional baseball player in Japan. Uh, we'll see how he does in the Cubs outfield. Not a traditional prospect. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on him. My question there would be how he handles the high-level velocity that you see in MLB. A lot of the uh, players who have come over from Japan or Korea have struggled with that velocity. And then O'Neill Cruz, which is really funny because he's not even in the big leagues yet. This is just something where they believe in his power, they believe in his athleticism, and they believe that he's going to get called up as soon as we get past the assumed Super 2 deadline. Tomorrow's show, I'm really excited. We're going to talk about um, the guys who did not get called up and where they were assigned and some interesting takeaways out of their assignments. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please do us a favor and like and subscribe. It really does help the show a ton. If you have questions for the show, we do mailbags every Monday. Um, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm, or you can email us lockedonmlbprospects at gmail.com. But until then, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.